The assassin slung the bag concealing his weapon over his shoulder and walked down the steps to the rickety wooden jetty. He waited as the Sydney Harbor Ferry puttered into Neutral Bay, cast on and then cast off at the likewise tiny quay on the opposite bank and crossed the hundred or so meters to Curaba Point. He boarded, waved a hand gloved in artificial skin across the fare taker, and settled on a bench near the prow, with the weapon in its blue nylon-zipped bag balanced across his knees. The sun was just above the horizon in the west, the sky clear but for the faint luminous haze of smart dust, each drifting particle of which could at any moment deflect a photon of sunlight and sparkle before the watching eye. A slow rain of shiny soot, removing carbon from the air, and as it drifted down, providing a massively redundant platform for observation and computation, a platform the assassin's augmented eyes used to form an image of the city and its environs and his likewise augmented visual cortex. He turned the compound image over in his head, watching traffic flows and wind currents, the homeward surge of commuters and the flocking of fruit bats, the exchange of pheromones and cortex messages, the jiggle of stock prices and the tramp of a million feet in one single godlike POV that saw it all six ways from Sunday and that too soon became intolerable, dizzying the unaugmented tracts of the assassin's still mostly human brain. One could get drunk on this. The assassin wrenched himself from the hubristic stochastic and focused, narrowing his attention until he found the digital spoor of the man he aimed to kill. A conference delegate pack, a train fare, a hotel tab, an airline booking for a seat that it was the assassin's job to prevent being filled the day after the conference. The assassin had followed this trail already an hour earlier, but it amused him to confirm it and to bring it up to date with an overhead and a street-level view of the target's unsuspecting stroll towards his hotel on Maclay Street. It amused him, too, that the target was simultaneously keeping a low profile, no media appearances, backstage at the conference, a hotel room far less luxurious than he could afford, vulgar as all hell, tarted in synthetic mahogany and artificial marble and industrial sheet diamond while styling himself at every opportunity with the obsolete title under which he was most widely known, as though he reveled in his contradictory notoriety as a fixer behind the scenes, famous for being unnoticed. Valtos, first of the Reform Lords. That was how the man loved to be known. The goo he preened himself on. A bauble he'd earned by voting to abolish its very significance yet still liked to play with, to turn over in his hands, to flash. What a shit, the assassin thought. What a prick. That wasn't the reason for killing him, but it certainly made it easier to contemplate. As the ferry visited its various stages, the number of passengers increased. The assassin shifted the bag from across his knees and propped it in front of him, earning a nod and a grateful smile from the woman who sat down on the bench beside him. At circular key he carried the bag off, and after clearing the pier, he squatted and opened the bag. With a few quick movements, he assembled the collapsible bicycle inside, folded and zipped the bag to stash size, and clipped the bag under the saddle. Then he mounted the cycle and rode away to the left, around the harbor, 
and up the long zigzag slope to Potts Point. There was no reason for unease. Angus Cameron sat on a wicker chair on a hotel room balcony overlooking Sydney Harbor. On the small round table in front of him, an Islay Malt and a Havana Panatella awaited his celebration. The air was warm, his clothing loose and fresh. Thousands of fruit bats labored across the dusk sky, from their daytime roost in the botanic gardens to their nighttime feeding grounds. From three stories below, the vehicle sounds and voices of the street carried no warnings. Nothing was wrong. And yet something was wrong. Angus tipped back in his chair and closed his eyes. He summoned headlines and charts, local and global, public and personal, business and politics. The warm war between the great power blocks, EU, Russia, P.